listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. The matchup of top 25-ranked teams this coming Saturday night in Provo, Utah, as 19th-ranked Arizona State hits the road for the first time in the 2021 season to take on an old adversary from bygone days in the Western Athletic Conference. A national television audience will witness a battle of unbeatens as the 2-0 Sun Devils take on the 2-0 and 23rd-ranked BYU Cougars in the first head-to-head matchup of these one-time WAC rivals in 23 years. We invite you to pull up a chair, pour cold beverage, and join us for the next hour as we talk ASU football on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils. With me, as always, fourth-year Arizona State head football coach Herm Edwards. Good to see you, Herm. The evening's getting a little bit cooler as we get through the month of September. We've had rain. We've we've had hot weather. Now it's getting a little cooler, which is good. Oh, boy, and that uh, really nice weather just around the corner. And we are coming your way, as always, from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. We invite you to come on down. Enjoy great food, tasty beverages, and some terrific Sun Devil football talk here at the Lodge. Tonight will truly be a special show as special teams will be in the spotlight. Joining us as guests will be ASU's seventh-year special teams coordinator, Coach Sean Slocum, and two of the mainstays on Coach Slocum's special teams, linebacker Connor Soley and kick returner extraordinaire D.J. Taylor. This being a football show, we're formatted just like a football game in quarters, so here we go with the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And as we get things underway, Herm, your team has gotten a pair of wins at home the first two weeks of the season. Now, time to take this show on the road for the first time as you head up to Provo to take on BYU. How do you sense your guys are primed for the game and for this trip? Well, I think they understand who the opponent is. Um, you're talking about a team last year was 11-1. and one. Uh, They've already had two games and beaten two Pac-12 football teams. Including a ranked team, Utah. So uh, they understand, um, you know, the type of atmosphere we're walking into and and the type of team we're playing. The the best team that we've faced uh, thus far this season. This reminds me a little bit of two years ago, if you think back. uh, Two years ago in 2019, your team went 2-0, beat Kent State, beat Sacramento State. But some of the uh, naysayers were saying, oh, the wins weren't impressive enough. Week three, you go on the road, play a nationally ranked team in a hostile environment, and uh, you posted a 10-7, thrilling 10-7 win over 18th-ranked Michigan State. There, there's some similarities. There, there's no doubt about it. And I just think that, you know, the more we look at college football, the more you realize that um, things happen that you, when you watch games and you go, how is this happening, right? And uh, I, I think for us, our team understands that we play two opponents that we're capable of beating. And I think at the end, I think some people get in, they look at the scores, you know, but why wouldn't the score more? Mm-hmm. Well, the score is, did you, did you win? And, and we, we've been able to beat two teams that we were supposed to win. We were better teams. Uh, now we're facing a team that, that's a very good football team that, that has won a lot of games, and they know how to win. They have tradition. They have all these things. And I think for our team to go up there and to feel this is good for us. 
to, to feel the environment of what it feels like. It's going to be a whiteout game, similar to Michigan State, as you said. Right. Right. There'll be some. There'll be some Sun Devil fans there. They'll, they'll, they right. won't. They, they won't. They won't be loud in the beginning because <laughs> they'll get drowned out a little bit. Right. <laughs> so. But they'll be there. Yeah, they'll be there, and we'll see them. But uh, I, I love the environment. Uh, I, I think our guys are, are excited about playing. The Sun Devils got to two and zero. Uh, for the third time in Herm's four-year tenure at Arizona State with a 37-10 to win over UNLV last Saturday night at Sun Devil Stadium, a game in which, Herm, your defense was superb. You limited the Rebels to 155 yards of total offense. And, in fact, check these numbers out. On UNLV's first two possessions, the Rebels had two impressive drives, totaled 145 yards, and scored 10 points. On their final eight possessions, they gained a total of net 10 yards and scored no points. That's a tremendous turnaround. Well, it really is, and, and, and you've got to give the staff credit as well as the players. And, and I think when you watch that game unfold, um, it, it could have went a, a couple of ways. Uh, we take a drive, and we turn the ball over inside the five, and that gives them some life. They get the ball back, and they go on a long drive, and the quarterback three times on third and eights got out of the pocket and made first downs, and yeah. that's kept the rival line. And then once they got down, they kicked the field goal, and we moved it back down and scored, and it became that kind of game early. And then our defense just kind of just put a stop to it. And then our offense got going a little bit, and, and lo and behold, we hit the number again. We, we, we rushed for, what, 287 yards, and mm-hmm. – uh, when we run for over 200 yards, we're 10-1. and one. Yeah, that's almost a sure sign of victory if you can get to that number for yeah. sure. And uh, your defense really stepped up. Really, you, I thought you pressured the pocket well in the first game with Southern Utah, and you just collapsed the pocket in the second half against UNLV. Yeah, they did a nice job. A four-man rush for the most part, and the guys just stayed at it. And a lot of that had to do with coverage as well. You know, those are coverage sacks. When you cover people where they can't get open, quarterback has to hold the ball a little bit more and um, uh, we were able to do that so it worked on both sides of it the back end helped and then the front the front end ended up getting the quarterback and right in the middle you have a guy named Darian Butler and what a game he had last week Uh, team high eight tackles two sacks and if you recall he had two interceptions the first week of the season that makes Darian Butler the only player in the country so far this year with at least two sacks and two interceptions yeah he is really playing good and you know, he, here, here again, a guy came in as a freshman. And everybody was wondering, who was this guy, Butler guy, right? And, yeah, the Butler did it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Butler did it, right? And he's been doing it ever he since. He really so. has. It's wonderful to watch. He looks like a free safety this year instead of a linebacker, the way he's yeah. really uh, transformed his body. Talking about your offense, 462 total yards. You mentioned the rushing yards. The good news, quarterback Jaden Daniels rushed for 125 yards, the fourth highest single-game rushing total ever by a Sun Devil quarterback. The bad news, Jaden Daniels ran the ball 13 times to get those 125 yards and uh, probably gave you a few gray hairs in the process as some of those runs were, quote-unquote, off schedule. Well, they were off schedule, and um, I put him on schedule because we <laughs> talked about it this week. <laughs> all right, okay, you can run, but I don't want you to run it that much. And, and there's this happy media of, of when you have to go and when you got to stay in there and try to make a play. But, you know, Jaden is so competitive. And, and, and his instincts say, hey, look, I can go make a first down right now. I can help yeah. the team. And, and he was able to do that. Uh, and like you said, ran 13 times. We don't want him running that many times. 
Do you see progress, or did you see progress in the UNLV game in terms of Jaden and get developing that rapport with his receivers? Yeah, I, I did, and, and I think it's it's um, it's coming slowly. Um, this will be a good test because this defense they have uh, BYU they they don't give up a lot of points. Um, they're, they're very stingy. Uh, do a nice job of uh, flooding some areas. They'll bring pressure at times. So this will be a good test. They're, they're multi-talented on uh, different levels at, at BYU and on what they want to do defensively. Some encouraging numbers, uh, I thought. You had uh, wide receivers Johnny Wilson, L.V. Bunkley-Shelton, Ricky Pearsall, and Andre Johnson combined for 14 catches in the game. And Johnny Wilson and L.V. Bunkley-Shelton each got their first career touchdown reception. And that was good to see. And, and I think we have to keep uh, developing this passing game. Um, and I think the more they become familiar with Jaden, especially when he's – running around in the pocket you know now it's a matter of if he runs around in the pocket find a way to to get free so he can find you down the field where he can throw he can throw the ball to you rather than have to run and we mentioned this before but it bears repeating the job that your wide receivers are doing blocking downfield has been stellar through the first two games that they're unselfish uh when you think about wide receivers all you hear about them they want to catch the ball our guys have have, have done a nice job of blocking Uh, there's no doubt about that and uh It'll pay off dividends for us, and that's and that has a lot to do with the running game. Indeed, it does. And Pro Football Focus is a rating service that uh, provides some interesting background numbers on college football teams. And through two weeks of the season, the Sun Devils have the number one, three, and nine blocking wide receivers in the entire football bowl subdivision through two weeks. Johnny Wilson is rated number one. Yeah. And at 6'7", 230 pounds, you can see why. Uh, Andre Johnson is the third rated uh, wide receiving blocker, and Ricky Pearsall has a number nine rating in that category look they get after it now and you know it, it, it's, it's fun to watch them we actually have drills that in practice that we work on stocking the you know stocking the secondary guys or linebackers and they have no problem doing that and and the runners they appreciate it they know that the second level is going to get blocked and, and if, if the second level is blocked you have a chance to uh, to make yards when you have the ball in your hand We've talked about BYU. Uh, basically, they're so far unbeaten in Pac-12 play. Yes, yeah, the 2-0. Both, <laughs> both their wins are against conference opponents, yeah, Arizona right. and Utah. In fact, uh, after Arizona State, the Cougars, who now play as an independent, will actually have two more games against Pac-12 teams. They will play uh, at USC and at Washington State later in the season. Uh, uh, their quarterback, you described the other day, Herm, is a wow guy. Jaron Hall, uh, very similar to Jaden in his dual threat capabilities, and he had a heck of a game against Utah last week. He really did, and um, he's the guy that makes the offense go. There's no doubt about it. He has a, has a nice arm. Uh, but the thing that he can do is now he can extend the play. He's really good off schedule. You know, when, when, you know, it's like the train. You know, you don't never want the train off schedule, right? His train gets off schedule yeah. and does a fabulous job of, of throwing the ball or running. And he can run now. I mean, uh, he had one run against Utah. He, he stepped out of bounds. And you could see it like that much. But he goes down the sideline, and they're chasing him. The defenders are chasing him. And I'm going, they're not going to catch this guy. Yeah. Right? He goes 70 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and Utah has a good football team, and they don't catch him. I go, I told our guys, I said, guys, this guy's fast now. Yeah. I mean, so we we got to know where he's at when he has the ball in his hand. Yeah, I think he averaged over, uh, uh, he's averaging over 10 yards uh, per rush uh, yeah. so far on the season. And they have a good every down back. Now, you did a great job last week on a good back. Charles Williams of UNLV came in with over 3,100 career rushing yards, but against ASU, 
He just had 13, uh, 13 attempts, only 35 yards rushing. Saturday night, you'll face a guy, Tyler Algier, the eighth leading rusher in the country last year when he had over uh, 1,100 yards. Yeah, very powerful back. Um, North-south guy. Um, when he gets the ball, he's coming at you. And it, it, we need a host of defenders to tackle it. And, and that's the key. Can we stop these guys from running? And they're powerful. They're a powerful football team. They believe in running the football. Uh, they're similar to us. They're, they're going to run it. they got a big, big old offensive line. We'll get into that in the next quarter. But yeah, um, this will be a good test for us. Yeah, they, and this seems to be the classic game that's going to be won in the trenches, don't you think? No, no doubt. I mean, it, it, you know, this is one of those games that's get, it, get into the fourth quarter, you know, and there might not be a lot of scoring. If, if the, both defenses play the way they're capable of playing, might not be a lot of score. It just might be one of them games. You know, yeah. it's just you're sitting in your, everybody's punching you, right? Yeah. Right? And, and big plays will dictate kind of maybe who wins it, you know, a big play. A dear friend, uh, the late uh, Joe Bugle, former uh, yep. Washington Redskins assistant, of course, former Cardinals head coach, had a great phrase. He always called games like that in his Pittsburgh accent, God rest his soul, a real slobber knocker. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. that's the kind of game I anticipate we're going to see on uh, Saturday. Well, people will be flipping the channel and saying, this thing's boring, right? They're going to watch some other games and come back, scores about the same. Yeah. It's gonna, <laughs> Fourth quarter to get interested. It's going to be a knockdown drag out, that's for sure. Hey, fans, game day like it's the only day with a nice cold Coors Light an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Plenty more to come on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Arizona State Special Teams Coordinator Sean Slocum will visit with us later in the hour. But up next, we'll chat with two of the Sun Devils special team stars. Kick returner DJ Taylor and linebacker Connor Soley are going to join us. But first, let's take a timeout here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Sun Devil fans, have you heard about Return to Chill? This is your chance to instantly receive two Sun Devil football tickets to an upcoming game and to be included in a grand prize drawing for a VIP experience at the ASU U of A game coming up on Saturday, November 27th. Stop by any Circle K to pick up a 12-pack or larger of Coors Light or from the Blue Moon family and get all the details. Forks up. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, your host, inviting you to come on by if you're in the neighborhood. Join us. Plenty of room for you here at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe. It's our home for All Aboard every Thursday night during the college football season. Time now to meet tonight's guests as we spotlight special teams on this evening's show. Our first guest is, according to Sun Devil Special Teams Coordinator Sean Slocum, one of ASU's best special team players. He's a member of the Sun Devil's linebacker. Corps came to Arizona State after a distinguished career at Scottsdale Saguaro High School where he helped lead the Sabercats to a pair of state 4A championships and was also a finalist for the 2018 Ed Doherty Award given to the top high school player in the state. We are delighted to welcome linebacker Connor Soley to the show tonight. Connor, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me out here. Thank well, we you. had to because we had your brother Kyle Soley was on the first show, so I think we've set a Pac-12 record. Most Soley brothers on a coach's show within the first month 
month of the season, huh? Oh, yeah. I think we're, uh, we're making a good run for it for sure. There so. you go. And uh, you'll do great. And joining Connor tonight, a young man who has quickly emerged as one of the top kick return men in college football. He currently leads the nation in punt return yardage in 2021. Last year as a true freshman, he was third nationally in kickoff returns, averaging an amazing 35 yards per return. His 107-yard touchdown return with the opening kickoff of the 94th duel in the desert got ASU on its way to a 70-7 to thumping of Arizona in Tucson. From just outside Tampa, Florida, say hello to DJ Taylor. DJ, how are you, bud? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Well, we're glad to have you, my friend. I want to take you back. Uh, start with your memories of that opening kickoff. I had to call the play by remote. I was in a conference room in the athletic building because we didn't travel with radio last year, and I saw you field that thing seven yards deep in the end zone. He's coming out, and you were not touched. Uh, share with us your memories of that play. Uh, just throwing off the kick, so I dropped back. Coach Slow told me he's safe. Just run to the left. So I caught the ball to uh, what seven yards deep in the touchdown. So I run and I just see the whole U of A go to the other side. So then I seen the right side was just easy. So I just made a cut and I just was untouched and just was running down the field as fast as I could. What an electrifying moment for you in your first ever rivalry game. And uh, talk about the game that unfolded after that. Uh, I mean, it speaks for itself. You seem we'd have made it 70 to 7, and hopefully we can just keep um, the streak going alive. But it's, it was just it was good to be around the team and be able to play in my first actual rivalry game with uh, a college team. So. It was just cool. Yes, indeed. And, Connor, you and I were talking before we went on the air and just mentioned how, you know, your brother Kyle was on the show. But how cool is it to be playing college football with your brother as a teammate in your hometown and for the team I assume you rooted for as a kid? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a dream come true. Uh, it's something that we both worked very hard for. Um, so to see it come to fruition is really awesome. Um, I mean, we're just trying to take advantage of it and uh, get the most out of the situation because we know how unique it is and how special it truly is to have that opportunity. Um, so we're just super thankful for it. And, you know, it's a great time being in the hometown. Uh, family gets to come to the games. Yeah. And, you know, we really get to just kind of put on for the city, which is awesome. Heck, in pre-COVID days, I've seen your family at practice. I mean, they are diehard fans, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, they come to everything they can for sure. Uh, my entire family just kind of lives through football. So, yep. Now, Connor came from cross town, DJ. You came from cross country. You're from uh, the Tampa, Florida area. What attracted you to Arizona State? How did DJ Taylor end up as a Sun Devil? Um, this is the culture of the school and just um, Coach Herm and just all the connections. Like, Coach Herm knew most of my high school coaches. So he knew my – he coached my head coach. He, um, my defensive coordinator, they was real close. Um, it just kept going on and on. The list just keeps going. Everybody just knew Herm or was coached by Herm or other coaches that's on the coaching staff now. So, like I said, the culture of the school and what I've seen and then just how uh, uh, be able to come in as a freshman and be able to impact the team and help on any side of the ball. Boy, you made it, talk about made an impact. It was right away. Did you envision being able to be such an impact player so quickly? I mean, I came into college hoping I can just find my part and be able to just ball out and try to make an impact. And then it happened on special teams first. So I just yeah. keep going from there and just keep going day by day. All right. Tell us, wh- why, what is it about uh, Florida athletes? You know, the Florida is such a fertile recruiting ground for uh, college athletes. What is it? Uh, what are your thoughts as to why guys from your home state are just uh, so good and recruiters flock to the state of Florida to get talent? Uh, first, I think the speed. 
So uh, we just come with like a lot of speed. All you, when you hear Florida and think of Florida, you just always think of speed. Then you just think of the guys that um, have came into the been in the NFL and like how much players have came out of Florida and how I think we're still leading the top in the nation for most players to uh, play in the NFL from Florida. Yeah, for sure. Connor, how do you feel about the team's overall performance in the first two games of the season? Um, I mean, I think we're still trying to find our identity. Uh, you know, we're really just rolling with the punches. First couple games, I think we did well, uh, but there's always room to grow. Uh, I think as a team, we recognize that. Um, we're taking it day by day. Um, we're just super excited. Every every week we're talking about going 1-0, so just mm-hmm. go 1-0 every week, and that's where it starts. How do you feel special teams have progressed through the first two games? Um, I think definitely uh, we've we've grew a lot as a unit. Um, you know, there's a lot of new guys coming in and out each year. A lot of freshmen play special teams here. Um, so just really finding the identity as a group and uh, understanding how we truly like to dominate games and the special teams. Uh, you know, it, it truly is one-third of the game. Um, so we just keep that in mind every single play, and I think uh, so far, we're growing well together. We're molding well together, and I think we're going to be a really good unit by the end of it. DJ, uh, as a kick returner, you got off to a great start this year. You were the Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week in Week 1. It's against Southern Utah with 142 yards combined in kickoff and punt returns, a 47-yard punt return, 34-yard kickoff return. That was your first time, wasn't it, returning punts as a Sun Devil? Last year, you were mainly a kickoff guy. What's the big challenge, the big difference between the two? Uh, to me... I think just punt return is the how high the ball is being there. So like the hang time. So just waiting for the ball and then having to see people come literally right at you in your face. And you had to make the decision on either fair catching, catching the ball, and just hoping to make a play from there. I remember hearing you talk the week after the Southern Utah game, and you were asked the same question. I remember, I think your answer was, the big thing with punt returns, I just want to catch the ball. And that, that and that's a huge key in punt yeah. returns, right, isn't it? Yeah, I always think all the time. I always tell the players also, I say, bro, being a punt return, it's like the whole team life is in your hands. So it can go either <laughs> two ways. It can go bad or good. So I just make sure to just catch the ball first and then just go, get going from there. What qualities do you think make you such a good kick return man? Uh, just maybe, just maybe, just like my my ball vision. So like I like since I was younger, I've always played running back. So then my dad always told me like all the time he would be like, you know, you play the game off of a uh, body position. You always making everybody every player body position going uh, one way, and you just go the opposite way from there. So just just that really. Mm-hmm. What's your goal? Do you have or have you set a goal in terms of the number of? Uh, kickoff return i I, i'm going to tell you full full disclosure i've predicted on the air that you are going to have multiple kick return touchdowns this year so what what's your goal or my goal a goal like that my goal is five five wow so i'm just trying to see from there so when i said five and then i seen somebody post the next day was like it's crazy how he said five and then the the most kick returns ever in college football was five so so i'm just trying to be able to either match that record or break that record like i have a close friend he uh he did four and i think it was 2019 so Uh i'm just trying to be able to like just keep like we always talk about all the time be able to compete and then like how you said i was the third in the nation for kick return i have a friend he was number two Wow. As, at FIU. So it was just, it's always just like connections, just people I know. So it's just always trying to keep going, growing from up um, from there. Again, more of those Florida athletes really yeah. balling out at the college level. Mm-hmm. Connor, what are your specific duties and responsibilities on the special teams? Um, so I think my jobs, they're not quite as flashy. Uh, I don't get to 
catch the ball and run 107 yeah. yards. But um, I'm definitely – everybody has a vital role on special teams. Um, my my goal really every play is to just uh, win my block. So whatever it is, whether I'm uh, on punt or – on kickoff return, uh, I just do my best to, to win my my block and win my one-on-one battle every single play. Um, that's kind of how we break it down. There's 11 one-on-one battles each play. So um, my job really is to just make sure that I do my very best on, on every play with my one-on-one battle. How did you end up on special teams? Um, I think just from uh, being somebody that the coaches can rely on, um, I think that if – you position position yourself to be somebody who can play, but you're not necessarily uh, the number one guy. Like for me, I'm kind of rotating in with the twos right now on defense because our linebacker core is so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really just found my identity on special teams, and you know, recognizing that you can make plays and you can get recognized through those units is is super important. Um, so I take pride in it. Talk about the impact Coach Slocum has had on special teams here. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much better than Coach Slocum uh, in terms of. Uh, experience in coaching, especially special teams. Um, you know, he's one of the great coaches um, to ever coach special teams in the NFL, in my opinion, and just kind of the insight that he gives me and um, the tips and the clues and just everything that he does in, in helping us prepare for every game and every opponent. It's just unmatched. It's the best in the country. He can always show you that Super Bowl ring, can he, from, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, with the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah, the... we've got a couple of Super Bowl rings in the building between <laughs> all of our coaches, so it's really awesome. That's pretty awesome indeed. Uh, DJ, you talked about this earlier. I wanted to see if I could get you to repeat it. Uh, you said you got emotional on the bus ride to the stadium the first game because you had never played a college football game in front of fans before the opener against Southern Utah. Talk about that, what that experience was like, because your only four games of your career have, have been in empty stadiums prior to this year. I mean, it was, it was just a blessing to actually be able to see it for the first time. So, like, because high school, I think the most I played was like 10,000. So then be able to play in front of, what, 51,000 or 45,000 for the first game, it did make me emotional on the bus. And that's all I was thinking about was just like, I just got to make a play and then you just see what happens from there. Or just the, just the fans and the environment of what happens when big plays are made. So mm-hmm. that's what I was just kept thinking of the whole time. Can you imagine what it's going to be like Saturday night, your first road game in front of fans up in Provo, Utah? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be cool. I just want to see we going black out and trying to invade their white out. So we just got to go from there and be able to just play as a whole team and as a family. Connor, what's your take on this matchup with BIU? Uh, you know, I'm super excited. Uh, two well-coached teams. Um, I think that we're going to go out there and, and just do what we do. Uh, I think that we, if we just stick true to ourselves and we just play like the team that we are, uh, we won't have any issues. Um, so definitely super excited. Um, I remember I played a, a game in Utah. It was freezing cold back in my freshman year, so I'm glad to be going up there a little bit earlier this time when maybe it's not too bad. So escape the heat a little bit, but definitely super excited. It's a top 25 matchup, um, so you can't really complain or ask for much more than that. And I would think as a veteran team, you guys will have the right frame of mind, not get too hyped up, too emotional, just know what to do on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely the team's identity is to stay level-headed through everything. Uh, so regardless of of what goes on i mean big plays are going to happen for both teams uh so just throughout the game we got to remember to just stick true to ourselves not try to do too much just, just play our game two special guys on special teams wouldn't you say uh, connor soley and dj taylor our guest tonight fellas thanks for joining us appreciate you having us thanks Thank for you. coming on
Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Up next, we'll visit with special teams guru Sean Slocum. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now this timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. Lodge in Tempe will be the home once again this season and is the home tonight of Arizona State football head coach Herm Edwards' weekly radio show, All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. We continue now with this evening's show. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Sun Devil Football, and your host this evening. We're glad you joined us. Our guest on this segment of tonight's show is the dean of the Sun Devil Football coaching staff, the longest-tenured member of Herm Edwards' staff at Arizona State. He's currently in his seventh season at ASU, currently serving as the program's assistant head coach and and special teams coordinator, a role in which he and his special teams have excelled during his time at ASU. Always good to welcome Coach Sean Slocum to the show. How are you, Sean? I'm great, Tim. Thanks. Good Thanks to see you. Me. Before we talk some football, I want to ask about your dad. I think a lot of our fans know that your dad is a legendary longtime former Texas A&M head coach, R.C. Slocum. He's been having some health issues, but I understand there's some good news on that front with your dad. Tell yeah, he's, he's uh, been undergoing cancer treatments and uh, fortunately, he got through about half of them and uh, found out that the cancer was in complete remission. Wow, that's awesome. And so it was really an uplifting thing for him, and we're all very thankful of that. And he's back in College Station, right? Yes, he is. He is. Good to hear that. Uh, give us your evaluation of your special teams play through the first two weeks. Well, you know, I, I think we've had some really good individual efforts. We've had some guys make some some explosive plays, particularly DJ with the return game. Um We've had too many penalties, and so that's something we've addressed And uh, in, in terms of, of the way we practice and, and doing that. We've got to play without that. So I think moving forward, um, we'll see an improvement in that area mm-hmm. and uh, just continue to try to be explosive in the return game. And I've been very pleased with um, our young punter. He's done very well. Eddie Shaplitsky. Yeah. Yes, he, he has. And, and uh, we've, we've had – Good and bad moments with our, our place kicking, and mm-hmm. uh, it's continued to improve as we've as we've gone forward. Talk about that for a moment. That just the personnel shuffle that you've had to deal with, because even since fall camp started, you lost a kicker and a great one, Michael Turk, your punter, entering the transfer portal, and you got one back, Christian Zendejas returning to the program. Talk about all that went into those moves and what that was like for you dealing with it and trying to get kickers slotted in the right spots. Well. One thing you learn in the NFL is about the next guy up, and so we've kind of had that mentality around here, and, and uh, fortunately we've been able to um, deal with with change in those two positions. And uh, as I said, our punter, our young punter has done very well, and then uh, all of it kind of in, influenced what we were doing with the kicking position as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think moving forward you're going to see improvement. And uh, Christian, we were fortunate to have him back. And uh, all he does is make them. And so that's that's a good thing. That sure is. And you were kind of prepared for life after Michael Turk 
like a year ago, weren't you? Like the thought that he might go into the NFL draft? Well, he declared for the draft uh, prior to the COVID issues. And so we positioned ourselves adding Logan Tyler from Florida State. He was actually going to come here and punt. And the way everything has transpired, he's he's ended up being in the kicking position. He's done a great job with the kickoffs. Yeah, he has. And uh, he's continued to improve with his field goals. And, and so, yes, we, we positioned ourselves to be able to deal with that. And then Turk came back, and it was just – it's been – a unique experience here for the last, you know, year, year and a half. And uh, so fortunately, we, we've been able to, to deal with it. Do you think it's smooth sailing from here on in, at least in terms of having the right guys in the right well, spots? Well, coaching special teams, it's never smooth sailing. I, I'll say <laughs> that, but uh, I think we're in a good position. Logan Tyler, a lot of people don't realize he was a five-star kicker, I think, out of high school in Missouri when he went to Florida State. What do you feel is his his strongest suit in the kicking repertoire? He's doing kickoffs for you now. He was mainly a punter at Florida State. He was. He came out of high school. He was arguably one of the top five punters and kickers coming out. Went to Florida State. They had a good good kicker there, so he punted. And then when he came here with what happened with our whole situation he transitioned back to the kicking and his biggest strength is his leg leg speed and power i mean he's got he got a tremendous leg it's it's a lot like playing golf and if you put you know you put golf on the shelf for about five years and you go out and pick up the club it takes a little bit to get it back and so he's working on that what are some of Eddie Shaplitsky's best attributes as a kicker in your mind Sean well number one he's got Good, good, God-given ability, and he's smart. He's got a process. Um, he he's got a procedure that he follows on a daily basis. He's an extreme worth ec- work ethic, mm-hmm. um, and he just he's a talented young player. And getting a kid from Charlotte, North Carolina, the East Coast, to come out to Arizona State, uh, how did that all work out? Well. You know, we're connected with the top kicking coaches around the country, and so we contacted those guys, and, and uh, he was one of the young men that was that was uh, we were made aware of, and so we started to evaluate those guys, and, and uh, just, I felt like he was really a strong player. It's probably not a bad way for a kid to start his college career when he plants a punt on the one-yard line of the opponent on his first kick. Yeah, huh? that, was, that was pretty good play, and then, then he had a nice punt after that. Yeah, indeed. Now, since you've been here, this program has had a series of outstanding kick return specialists. There have been guys like Tim White and Nikhil Harry. Remember that 92-yard punt return touchdown at USC in 2018? Brandon Ayuk was an excellent kick returner. Where does D.J. Taylor rank in that uh, pantheon? Right well, now? I think he, as a kick returner, is right up there with, with all the best. Uh, he, he's a dynamic player. Um, you know, at some point, it, it makes you a good coach when you got a guy that can catch the ball and it just make guys miss. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, I learn stuff from players all the time. And, and DJ is, is very talented in that way. What is it about him? Is it just the athleticism? What makes him such a dynamic returner? Well, he makes the first guy miss. He's fast. Um, he's explosive. And he can finish. And one thing we don't talk about as much, but he was highly rated in kick coverage for you a year ago. He was. In, in fact, in the Arizona game last year, he ran the, the first kickoff back and made the tackle on the ensuing kickoff. So, yeah, he, he's, he's got some ability. One of the unsung members of uh, the special teams, I think, is the long snapper, always. And uh, you've got a good one in Eric Dickerson. Uh, 
no relation to the uh, former SMU Rams and uh, Colts running back of yesteryear. But uh, talk about his importance to your kicking game. Those those kind of guys, long snappers, I've always compared to baseball umpires. You don't notice them until something goes wrong, right? Yeah, that's that's about right. He he's a very consistent player. He comes to work every day and really works hard at his craft. And uh, again, it's the consistency. And and we don't have to talk about mistakes very often. And that's a good good quality to have as a deep snapper. Those contacts you have in the kicking game, I imagine they extend to deep uh, long snappers too, doesn't it? Pretty much so, yeah. We, we, we can talk to all the coaches that, that specifically coach those positions around the country. Um, we, we've got good connections with those guys. Boy, and a guy can make a really good living in the NFL if he can long snap consistently. Yeah, can he, he can. He sure can. Yeah. He, he can do it for a long time. He can do it till he's old, and he doesn't have to have many collisions, and they protect him. and. There's two, two I remember from Arizona State. Jason Kyle, a former walk-on linebacker, played many years with the Carolina Panthers. And Brian Jennings was a tight end here, and he ended up playing for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and Brian, Brian is really a, a, a neat guy. I, I had the chance to coach one of the Pro Bowls, and we had Andy Lee and David Akers, their kicker. And so in that situation, you choose who the snapper is. So we took Brian. And got to take him to the Pro Bowl. That's awesome. And well-deserved for him. Uh, how do you go about the business? We were talking to Connor about how he ended up on special teams. How do you identify the players on your roster that will fill out, like, your kick cover, punt coverage, uh, protection teams, and so forth? Well, we look hard at, at, at what their production is as a position player. And then, you know, special teams is really about running straight, running fast, and being physical. And, and there's less change of direction than there is playing linebacker. Think about covering a kickoff. You're running down the field, you're running through a block, and you hit the guy with the ball. And so look for guys that, that have that ability. And then, you know, in, in Connor's case, really smart player. Um, adds a lot to the group, not just in taking care of his job, but encouraging others and, and being dynamic as a teammate and, you know, suggesting things and um it it just look for guys who have a chance to be productive do you think the transfer portal is going to change the way you recruit kickers do you think you'll look as much at high school kids or start looking more into the portal how do you think that's going to impact that on special well i think it'll have an impact but i think number one you have to find guys that have the talent and if it happens to be a guy that's been on another college program for a couple years or three or four years, then that may be the case. But there are also many young, talented players coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. What's your perspective on the team's readiness for the task at hand this week, heading up to BYU after uh, the two wins at home, now taking their show on the road for the first time? Well, I, f- I feel like we had a very good day today, and uh, we realize that we're playing a really good opponent that plays hard and plays physical, and we're going to have to be at our best. Sean, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Again, continued success to you. You've done such a great job with your kicking game, uh, your kicking teams here at Arizona State. And give our best to your dad. We're so happy to hear the good news. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Tim. Sean Slocum, Sun Devil Special Teams coach, our guest tonight on All Aboard. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards rejoins me as we look ahead to the Sun Devils game at BYU this Saturday. But first, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. 
We thank you for joining us for tonight's installment of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. And don't forget, fans, game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards rejoins us now for our final segment of the show. Saturday's game in Provo, by the way, will mark the first time that BYU has hosted a matchup of two top 25 teams since 2009. 18th-ranked BYU played number 22 Utah in that one 12 years ago, and uh, now it will be number 19 Arizona State and number 23 BYU this coming Saturday night. Herm, they're talking about a whiteout for the game, an electric atmosphere. It'll be the Devils' first trip there since 1998. Uh, the kind of game you live for, isn't it, to play in or coach in? Well, it really is. And um, when you think about the atmosphere we're walking into, um, it, it's one of um, you can't get uh, on edge with the with the noise and, and, and just the environment of it all, right? And that's what, what makes college football so great in the fact that um, – when you go on the road, you know, the, the college students and, and the alumni, they show up for games like this, and they're all excited, you know. And you got to get through, I always say, you got to get through the first three minutes. Mm-hmm. Just get through the first three minutes. And, and, and hopefully there's no disaster. You know, it just kind of get and then it settles down, yep. and then you got to play, you know. And, 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 and the crowd, you know, you can control the crowd on offense if you make first downs. Right. They can't holler for that long of a period. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, if you long go three and out, yeah. they start screaming, you know. And, you know, and there's certain t- times in the game when you're backed up and all those things that you got to be aware of the crowd. So they'll, they'll be very enthusiastic about playing this. You made a good point the other day. Somebody asked you about, you know, the importance of your team getting off to a better start or to get off to a good start. And I think your response was, well, the big thing is we don't want to get off to a bad start. No. You, you don't want to you don't want to set yourself up by uh, mishandling a ball, uh, any kind of ball, you know, whether it's a punt, whether it's a, uh, a kick, uh, whether it's a quarterback, uh, you know, center uh, exchange mm-hmm. votes. You don't want to be sloppy with the ball. You don't want to make early fouls offensively on movement because of the crowd. Right. Because you can't hear, you know, and. Things go on different cadences, yep. and, and they're moving around, and they use that to your advantage. That's why you want to play at home. You know, you have a home field advantage. That, that's what they call a home field advantage, right? And so if you can get through all that, um, then the game settles in, the players get settled in, and you start playing. A lot of folks don't realize that you have a little bit of a history with BYU football and their late great head coach, Lavelle Edwards, for whom uh, BYU's football stadium is named. No doubt. Um, coach Edwards recruited me um, – in 1972, coming out of high school, I was one of the first black athletes that, that they ever recruited up there. Wow. And ended up going to uh, Cal Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And later on, um, saw Coach Edwards again when I was at uh, San Diego State. I went there my senior year and we played him. And then saw him again. He was on the coaching staff when um, I played in some all-star games. He was one of the assistant coaches. And we finally, I told him, I said, you finally got to coach me. <laughs> You know, what a great man. And uh, I had a great visit. I really did. And I went up there. It was a former coach that was recruiting me to Cal and ended up going there and told uh, Lavelle about me. And, and Lavelle said, bring him up here. And I, I went up there. And I can remember going up there. I went, oh, boy, this is this is interesting, right? Yeah. And sitting down and visiting with him in his office. And 
And, you know, at the end, just told him, I said, Coach, you know, I, you know it, it, we had a great visit, but it was like, Coach, you know, Cal had been commit, uh, recruiting me since I was in the 10th grade, you know, and I just wanted to go into Pac-8 because it was the Rose Bowl and all mm-hmm. those things, you know, and I ended up going to Cal. But we formed a, some former relationship, had the same last name, Edwards, you know. That's, that's right. So there was that's something right. to be said about that. But great, go. great man, great football coach. And. Uh, Stadium's named after him, yes, uh, which is which, which is a tribute to what he's meant to to all those guys and, and all those uh, fans. Well, the Sun Devils' last visit there was, as it turns out, my second game as the radio play-by-play voice in 1998, and we flew up back then. Uh, our engineer at the time, a great fellow by the name of Mitch Otto, Mitch and I flew up on Friday early to get there in time, and we were able to get into Lavelle Edwards' office and okay. have a nice uh, conversation with him for wow. a pregame interview. Not too many coaches will do that for the opposing team's radio announcer, but uh, he gave us some time and was very gracious. Yeah, he, was, he was a great man, a lot of class, and uh, we became friends. We really did. We, yeah. we saw each other, you know, during different times, and, and we used to always laugh, you know, and, and it, was, it was a lot of fun, though. Last year was such a difficult year, and yet in the COVID-shortened 2020 season, your team won two of its three games on the road, and of course the loss was the near miss in the opener against USC. Uh, Dealing not only with playing on the road, but with all the COVID protocols and so forth, uh, I'm assuming similar protocols will be in place on the road trips starting this weekend. What's your anticipation of how the guys are going to respond on the road? We should be fine. We're, we're used. To, I mean, we're, it's it, it's. I hate to say this. It's become normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that's never good. But it has, and and our players have done a great job. Our coaching staff, um, they understand the importance of we got to protect each other, and uh, we don't want uh, what happened to us last year. We, we we were devastated. I mean, it 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 got a hold of our team, and you know we were done for the most part. It has to help to have a veteran team uh, when you're going on the road for the first time, doesn't it? Well, it does uh, because they, they will be the calming influence on, on the sideline. You know, and it, 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 this is kind of like, for me, this is, this is fun. This is like, not saying the other two home games weren't fun. They were, they were fantastic because mm-hmm. we're playing at home, but just kind of going on the road, you know, and walking in the stadium and, and, and hear it all, right? You just, you just hear it. You yeah. walk in, you know, I never look, I never look up. I just kind of walk straight, you know, mm-hmm. just go in the field and you can hear all the noise and go, okay, this and is what it's supposed to feel like. And especially last year when you walked into stadiums and there wasn't a soul in the stands, uh, what a difference. I mean, nobody. You just it was relish the opportunities, yeah, don't it you? It was really eerie, you know, and then now we're going to a packed house and it's, uh, they're waiting on us. Yep. There's no doubt about that. But you might have a few more of the troops back. Your team health seems to, seems to be getting better. Guys like Tamarcus Davis, uh, uh, Omar Norman Lott, uh, Chip Trainum, hopefully. Yeah, uh, we've got a chance. Yeah. Got a chance. Yeah, well, we're getting some guys back, which is good. And I just think that our team is built to know that when something happens, and, and the two players set it up here, we're pretty calm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just go, okay. Yep. We don't get all, you know, all right, we're good. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll be okay. We never get over, you know, worried about things. I mean, we, 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 did, we cut out the outside noises. Yeah. When I first took this job, I told him, one thing you got to do, you got to cut out the outside noises. It's all about us in this building, and nothing else matters. We're a family. We do things together. We love each other. 
And that's how we operate. And the, both the young men said it up here. Mm-hmm. They, they said it. They said it. This is what we do, right? One game at a time. That's all we care about. Go 1-0 and each week. You're, and you're doing good. And being even keel, I would imagine that's a key quality for a good road team to have. Yeah, it is. And um, I wasn't always this way, right? I learned this from Tony Dungy, being around him, right? Mm-hmm. We came in together in college together. Right, but right. We're, we're really good friends. And I was always the guy, you know, and I was kind of the, the guy, you know, I was his guy. And then, you know, and then I watched him as he coached when we were in Tampa. And I just watched his, his mannerisms. And I went, that's it. Wow. You know, his book he wrote, Silent Storm. Yeah, yeah. There's something to be said about that now. Oh, absolutely. You learn a lot from people you're around. Well, I'm happy to say that uh, unlike a year ago, your radio crew will be traveling with you wow. in 2021. Wow. So we will be uh, on hand. It. In fact, three of us will be on the team <laughs> charter tomorrow wearing our masks and uh, ready to broadcast the game on Saturday. You have those good seats on the charter, right? Right, right back there with me in the last row I, <laughs> by I, the bathroom. I, 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 seriously, what do you think of this idea? I'm, I'm going to write a book about all my ASU experiences, and I'm going to call it The View from 33C because that's my seat on the chart. You know, it's, it's funny. When I, when I took the job, and Tim's out here, and he's, he's laughing. They go, Coach, will you sit up front? I said, I've been a head coach in three different places, New York, Kansas City, in here. Yeah. I've never rode first class. <laughs> I always wow. ride in the back seat on the last seat of the plane. Wow. You know who taught me that? Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy sitting in the back seat. Yep. He wanted to see all the players in front of him. And, he's, and he was right. And I said it. I said, Tony, you're right. I said, we don't play. Those guys play. It is shocking sometimes when the stewardesses come back there and they go, are you the – I go, yeah. Yeah. And I, why are you? I'm I said, because this is the best seat. It's the best seat in the house. I can see everybody in front of me. Wow. That's important. Indeed. The Sun Devil Radio Network will have wall-to-wall coverage Saturday starting at 4.30 with the Sun Devil Tailgate Show hosted by Jeff Munn and Jordan Simone. And then Jordan and Jeff Van Raphorst will join me for the play-by-play kick is at 7.20 Arizona time, and you can hear the action on ESPN 6.20 a.m. Our thanks to our great engineer, producer Sean Crespin. Thanks to Sean Mitchell and uh, Jeff Darge for their help on tonight's broadcast. And from Sun Devil Football, thanks to Nate Wainwright, Kyle Gray, Marcus, and also our Ops Director Emeritus, Mr. Tim Cassidy, uh, who is with us once again. Thanks to the folks here at the Lodge and to our great Sun Devil fans who joined us once again. Herm, good luck on Saturday, BYU. Thank you. So join us again next Thursday night at 7 as we preview the Devils Pac-12 opener against Colorado. Till then, for Coach Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening. So long, everybody.